Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. All right, guys, we're going live in three, two, one. Okay, guys, special day, like every Saturday when we record. It's always a special Saturday. It's always a special Saturday. You know what time it is, guys. Subscribe to the podcast. Also, we did notice that some of you guys have rated the podcast. Thank you. Let's keep doing that, please. A few more five stars. (laughs) Bump up the five stars, baby. Bump up the five stars. Leave a comment. Also, you can DM us if you want uh, a topic covered or if you feel like we didn't explain something well or you want us to recover something, let us know. Yeah, we're we're always welcome to some feedback. And why don't you just tell us about our new friend, Cam? We do have a new friend. If you guys haven't heard of Legions, I'm here to tell you, okay? (laughs) Legions is the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. And there's a few good reasons. Number one, all their (laughs) products... All their products are 100% natural. No artificial sweeteners, no artificial flavors, no artificial dyes. Number two, Legions doesn't use any proprietary blends. What you see is what you get. They're not hiding anything. And number three, Legion only uses the clinically effective dose of ingredients that have been proven to work. So head on over to legionsathletics.com. Use code HEROES, that's H-E-R-O-E-S, to get 20% off your first order and double loyalty points on each order after that. I'm a horrible salesman, Annabelle, but... <laughs> we got the giggles. <laughs> but they do have good products on a, on a real note. And um, and I, I still like that everywhere on their page, you'll see them say, we don't need supplements, but they can help. Yeah, And that, we've talked about that in our prior episodes. We've been using them for about two years now. We're big fans. Give them, a, give them a try. Give them a try, and then, you know, that actually ties in pretty well with what we're covering today, Annabelle. What are we covering today? For a second, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think when we started the podcast, I'll tell you, man, I just had a, what are we talking about today? <laughs> That's right. We're talking about how to read few labels. So right now, I don't know what you're doing. Hopefully, you're at home. If not, driving. later. Driving. If you're driving, don't, don't read your food label. No. But if you're at home, go into your pantry, grab either a box or a can, something that, you know, that you frequently eat, maybe a box of cereal, and sit down on the couch and get ready for as get ready for a good show. We we have our little cereal box back here. Can you, can you hear that guy? <laughs> I just handed it to Annabelle. Now he's shaking the cereal box. <laughs> but th- this is good because um, there's a lot of things that go into foods. There's stuff, Annabelle was talking, there's stuff on the front and there's stuff on the back and there's stuff on the sides. And what are you even eating? Um, so that's why I thought the Legion's pitch was actually a pretty good one because they are using all natural, um, ingredients, which Mm -hmm. is one thing that we're going to kind of talk about today. Yeah. I mean, like how many times do you actually pick something up and, and know what you're eating aside from the, for instance, okay, okay, this is a cereal bot. So I know it's a cereal bot. Yes. But what else is in there? Right. That's what we want to cover today. How we're going to kind of go through this episode is we've got um, some pretty common questions or like things that are on the front of the box. Yeah, some of the terminology you might see. Then we'll have a few um, recommendations and then we'll kind of go through how to actually read the food label um, that's on the side or the back of the box. So one big one is the term organic. 
Okay. You, you, you see this a lot on a lot of different foods. Uh, and some people are like, what does that even mean? Like, why do I need to have, do I need to eat organic? Do I not need to eat organic? Is it worth the extra money? Is it not yeah, worth the extra does money? Does it even matter? Yeah. And I want to just start off by saying, look, with all the things we're going to give you today, if you can afford it, I think it's worth the investment. If you can't afford it, th- it you're still going to get the same food, like macronutrient wise. There might just be other things in the food from a health or micronutrient standpoint that might not be the best. So we're not trying to shame anybody for people who mm-hmm. can't afford organic or not, or who can afford organic foods. We're just trying to give you the information. Yeah. And kind of let you decide. Because I, I think was. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I know we're going to talk about process, food, processing foods and whatnot. Essentially, a lot of these things have added chemicals, added preservatives, added things that our body is not used to or shouldn't be used to. And then, then a lot of things gets to a lot of uh, inflammation in the body. And then people have said that inflammation can lead to a lot of other illnesses and problems. Right. So, so organic. What does that even mean? So... Quickly, organic can be called organic if it's been grown in soil that doesn't have any like prohibited substances that have been applied for the prior three years of harvest. So a lot of times there um, are pesticides, other things like that to protect the crops from bugs or other different things or whatever. Um, Organic is saying that they didn't use any of those things and it should be for about three years prior to harvest. Um, So that's kind of what organic means. I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And one of the things that we do want to mention for those individuals who may want to start buying some organic, you might, you may learn like, Oh, well I should buy everything organic because it doesn't have any of these added things that we just mentioned. Um, and then the thing is not necessarily, there are some that you maybe you should and you shouldn't. So what we want to briefly mention and we'll, we'll attach it to the show notes. There's this, um, environmental working group that each year produces like a list of 12 foods that you should if you're able to you should probably get organic 15 so it's oh it's 15? the dirty it's the dirty, oh, sorry it's the dirty dozen, <laughs> dirty dozen and clean 15 yeah. all the way around clean, 15 clean foods that means no you don't have to worry about buying organic buy generic 12 that if you can try to buy organic yeah and we'll list that in the show notes, but that's uh, that's something interesting to go look at. Yeah, go check it out. That way you don't feel like you have to buy everything organic. It's just something to get you started. Yeah. Uh, and again, we're not promoting this group or anything like that. We just think that they're a third party that's looking at what the FDA and all these <laughs> other uh, organizations put out. And they're just kind of reviewing it. And, you know, they're trying to help people out here, trying yeah. to be good for the environment. So check that out. We'll put it in the show notes. Another term you will commonly hear is, um, especially for like eggs and stuff like that, free range or pasture range. So you can hear that for eggs. You can hear that for uh, maybe some chicken that you might buy. So what does that mean? Well, there's obviously caged, which means that these chickens or these eggs <clears throat> have been in a cage and are getting pretty much grain. They're being mm-hmm. fed grain. Um, so what people think is that isn't the best for you because they don't naturally eat that kind of stuff. It's cheap. Uh, they're not getting to move around a lot. They're just kind of stuck. Some people think that there's the humane side of things as well. Um, 
and again, an egg is an egg and a chicken is chicken, but the quality of the egg and the quality of the chicken is what we're kind of talking about here. I'm not talking about you'll get the same amount of grams of protein and the same calories if you get caged, free range or pasture range. It's just the quality of the food. Yeah, I guess a lot of this is mostly on the quality. Right. Mm -hmm. So free range means, well, so that's what cage, what is free range versus pasture range? And the main difference is pasture range, pasture raised and free range is talking about the minimum outdoor space provided to these hens or chickens or whatever you want to call them. So for pasture raised eggs and chickens, they're given about a, a roughly 108 square feet of pastures for themselves. Whereas free range eggs and hens only get about two square feet of pasture for themselves. So it's just the amount of space. They're not eating grain. They're eating more grass. Um, things naturally occurring. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically just the space to move around at is the big difference there. So we're not saying one way or the other. We're just letting you know the information and you can make the choice if you want to get caged, free range or pasture yeah. raised. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of camps on all sides of these. It's like, no, you should only be eating free range or pasture range. No, you should only be consuming organic, but it's yeah. for you to decide. I just want you guys to know so that way yeah. you go to the store, you go, oh, what is, what's the difference? And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. The next is grass-fed versus grass-finished. So there's a big push, at least within, within like the meats, uh, cows and all that kind of stuff, to push from more grain-fed to more grass-fed. So we know that grass-fed beef is better quality than grain-fed. It tastes better. It's more nutrient-dense. Um, so you see a lot of things that now have grass-fed, grass-fed, grass-fed. Um, well, there is a difference between grass-fed and grass-finished. Okay, So grass-finished beef comes from like the cattle that ate nothing but grass for their entire lives. It was grass-start to grass-finished, so everything in between. Grass-fed, on the other hand, it could mean that they were started on grass and then they are given grain later. So they weren't full. They weren't fully finished on grass. They might have been finished on grain. So they got a little bit of grass, but not all of it. So grass-fed essentially means they got some grass at some point in the process. Grass finishes from start from to finish. Zero, from start to finish. Yep. Easy enough, guys. And if it doesn't say any of those things, you can assume that it was grain-fed. Mm -hmm. And again, our job is not to dive into what all that means. We're talking about quality here. Yeah, we're not <laughs> going to get into the religions of food. Right, and we <laughs> do know that we obviously would like better quality food. I think that's yeah. what everybody wants. So that's kind of the difference um, between the more of your meats. Another thing is different names for sugars. So you need to kind of be on the lookout for this because we all know added sugars. Oh, we don't want things with added sugars, but they might not just say added sugars. Mm -mm. It, you know, it might come off or it might use terms like high fructose corn syrup, dextrose, or I don't even know if I'm going to say this the next high one, toys. right? Maltose. Maltose, yeah. Different types of, I guess, glucose that are... There are more names than these guys. Oh, I yeah. think we're looking at up there was like 10 plus that we, we noticed. Yeah. There's a lot of different names. Essentially, you want to limit your your added sugars. Yeah. And it comes in all forms and yeah, oh yeah. types. So, so th yeah, don't just be, don't be fooled if it just says high fructose corn, corn syrup. You got to look at all these other different types too. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want to dive too deep into this, but we need to look at the types of oils. Um, this is really hotly debated about seed oils. I know some people are saying like this is this is what's 
keeping Americans fat and unhealthy is people eating all these seed oils and other people coming out and saying, well, no, the research isn't really, you know, it's like kind of split. And I, you know, probably the research probably is split. You know, research is not that great. It can, nope. Research can show both things. Mm-hmm. So what we want you to do is just look into it. You know, and what we mean by seed oils, we're talking about canola oil, sunflower, grape seeds, uh, soybean, corn oils, um, that kind of stuff. So look into that. Is that healthy? Is it not? Do your own research on yeah. that. We don't want to wade into this really hotly yeah. debated topic. That's the w- generally, we'll say generally, the ones that most people would say are, mm, I don't want to say better, but they say try to eat these as what? Avocado oil, coconut oil. Um, what were the other ones we talked about? I mean, even if you get a good type of butter or tallow. Butter, ghee. Yeah, kind of stuff like uh, that. So even uh, extra virgin olive oil is good. There is some people that think that when it gets heated, it's not the best for cooking. I or think wet. a lot of that comes from like cooking, right? They're saying yeah. like some of these oils can't handle. It changes pro- the, changes in temperature the property and, of it at high mm-hmm. temperatures. We do know that avocado oil is good for cooking at high temperatures. Yes. Same thing with the other ones that Animal listed. So look into that. Yeah, I th- look into it. I think you it's, decide. I think it's pretty safe to say it's just sticking with avocado and the ones that Annabelle listed are probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you might see on the front of the box is... This is th- this one cracks me up. This one will get you. It'll say vegan-friendly, keto-friendly. This is paleo. Low-carb, this. Whole30 approved. Gluten-free. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times when people see that, oh, my gosh. It's keto friendly. It's healthy because keto, you know, everyone's ripped on keto and feels great. And oh, it's vegan. Guys, let me tell you something. Oreos are vegan friendly. And then you might see the Holy Trinity where it says it's vegan, keto, paleo. <gasps> it must be healthy for me. It's got all, <laughs> no, exactly. And essentially all what those are trying to do. First, first, first of all, it's marketing, right? 100%. 100% marketing. Uh, but second, th- at the end of the day, it's if you are our, are on one of those diets. It's just trying to say you could eat this and probably still maintain the restrictions of the diet you're following. It does not make it any more healthy. No, a cam said Oreos are vegan. So if you are on one of those, it might be good to use, but again, check, we're going to talk to you about the food labels here in a second. So check the food label, see what's in this thing. Cause it could have a bunch of just chemicals and crap and dyes and yeah. seed oils that, you know, you might not want to eat even though it fits your diet. So don't get fooled by that and um, read the back. Yes. Another word uh, that gets used a lot is processed and especially highly processed. Mm -hmm. You know, even we've said on this podcast, if you can avoid highly processed foods, highly processed all, you know, over and over and over, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? So, Annabelle and I were actually having a really good discussion this morning about it, and we don't want to get into all of it. So we're going to link a study um, from Harvard, their, uh, I guess their medical or health program or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to dive into, I think there's like four or five different ways yeah. you can break down. Would you? What are some yeah, of Yeah, so I'll briefly go over it. I don't want to go in. So unprocessed or minimally processed food. So to an extent, most foods are processed to an extent. Exactly. Uh, minimally processed food is just, you know, a lot of the plants and animal food that you see in the grocery store. Because um, since processing food is to help it preserve a little bit longer. Sure. So everybody, everything goes to an extent. Now, the one we're talking about is the 
you might hear it called ultra processed food, highly processed foods. It's where a lot of times you're stripping the nutrients away. Um, and they're adding a lot of things to it. For, uh, for flavor, for, for flavor. Pres- mm-hmm. So a lot of sweeteners, a lot of different fats, artificial colors. Um, let's see. There's and, there's so many things. Yeah, it makes it look good and taste good. And, and lasts longer. Lasts longer and highly addictive. Very addictive. And I think Amal mentioned the good, a good part of that is it's taking out the nutrients, which is what your mm-hmm. body needs. It's giving you empty calories and empty nutrients all for like taste. Yep. So we'll link it. Check it out. Yeah. But that, so essentially that's what we mean. Everything is processed to it's from where it started to where it ends up in the store. Someone touched it, you know, yep. like it's been processed to some degree. It's, it's just, just how much, how much exactly. So we, th- we got some general, um, I don't know. What do you want to call these? Not even rules guidelines. Guidelines yes. is a good point. We have some general guidelines kind of concerning all of this, especially the process part. So in an ideal world, most of our foods should come from those whole food sources, meaning they are minimally processed, as Annabelle talked about. They've, they've been handled minimally, mm-hmm. such as your meats, vegetables, fruits. If you're looking at your grocery store, this is the stuff around the sides. This is where your produce is. This is where your dairy is. This is where your meats are, like the things around the perimeter. Um, those are going to be less processed than the stuff in the middle aisles, the things you find in boxes, cans bagged, frozen, all that kind of stuff. So in, I, so in an ideal world, you do more of like around the store, more of whole foods. What do we say? Like ideally 80-20 split? Yeah. I mean, some people like to put the numbers on it. And I think it's a pretty good estimate it's to say. It's like, a general rule of thumb. Yeah. yeah. Get 80% of your foods from whole food sources. Um, and well, I like the one, the simple is better. You were talking about that Oh, earlier. yes. So... It can be very complicated when mm-hmm. you're like, well, is this sugar? Is this not sugar? A good way to do, when you pick up a box, the shorter the ingredient list, mm-hmm. most likely it's going to be the better. Right. Because that means it's going to have a lot of added things. Another thing, too, that when you're looking at it, if you if it's a scientific word that you can't even pronounce, it probably isn't good for you. Probably not. Probably. Most likely not. So just shorter list, preferably no list. An apple's an apple. <laughs> when you buy a bag of apples, all you're going to see is maybe apple or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. The ingredient list will say apple. Or yeah, like, apple. Or, or won't have one because it is what it is. It's a, So that's obviously the most ideal state, but just keep it really simple. Yeah. Um, that is funny. What, what, what is this? What's in this apple? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and with all this, it's going to take some practice to be able to look at these labels to be able to quickly, like if, if you're in the store and like, Oh, I don't have time to, if I'm buying something new to, if you know, you can get really good at this. You can mm-hmm. take one quick glance uh, down the food label and be able to read it in under 15 seconds. Yep. So I don't think that's any extra time. To Maybe the first few, it will take you a little longer. Yeah. Cause it's a new skill that you're learning. Like any new skill, it takes a little bit of time. Exactly. So if by now you have your box of Cheerios or your can, Grab that bad boy and let's turn over to the the label. Okay. You hear Annabelle shaking that thing? <laughs> okay. So on the label, the first thing you're going to see at the very top is it's going to say nut- nutrition facts. And then everything underneath it is the facts. Okay. So what you actually, the first thing people jump to is actually the calories. And I want you to actually not look at that first. You need to look, look at 
How many servings are are actually in that container? The serving size is huge, especially for a lot of things. So a lot of it is advertising. So you look at the front of the box, it says only 100 calories or 18 grams of protein. But then there's very, very tiny, small letters that says per serving. But you skip that. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is key. You need to look at the servings. So so the first thing so on this little makeshift thing that I'm looking at, it says eight servings per container. So it's just off the bo- off, or off the bat, it's saying that um, if you eat this, it would give you at least eight servings. So like if you have eight people over, it should feed eight people, so to speak. Or you might get eight meals out of this. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to look at that. Whatever as. it is that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then underneath that, it'll say the serving size. So it'll say it'll usually give a couple metrics, usually like in grams and then like some sort of way to measure it, like a cup or, or whatever. Whatever it is that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So this thing is saying there is 55 grams or t- uh, two-thirds cup is one serving. And there's eight servings in the container. Okay. Now, underneath that is when you'll see in the bigger uh, letters, calories. So, and this is the amount of servings for one serving. The amount per serving mm-hmm. is how many calories this says. So on mine... It's saying 230. Okay, so you might look at that and go, oh, you know, that's that's not too bad. That's you know, that's that's pretty high, but not not terrible. I don't I don't actually know what kind of food I'm looking at here. This is just a label from the internet. But let's just say you go, okay, well, I've got I've got room in my diet to eat 230 calories. So you pour yourself a bowl of this or whatever, and you think you're getting 230 calories, but you actually weighed out 100 grams instead of 50 grams. Mm. So now you just doubled that. So now you're at actually 460 calories, not 230 calories. And that's why the serving per container and the serving size is so key because Mm -hmm. the calories are talking about one serving, not many servings. Yep. And even those little bag of chips, I'm sorry, this is what came to mind, the little bag of chips. I think sometimes those might have more than one serving. Yeah. And they say 10 chips. Yes. Oh my gosh. 10 little chips for, that's not even the bag. Right. But no, you eat the whole bag. Exactly. So you got to take a, a really good look at the serving size and then the calories because this is where a lot of people mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, this thing only has... No, no, no. You got you to gotta measure out how mm-hmm. much you're eating or else you're going to overeat get really you. quickly. Easy. All right. <coughs> Sorry. What we got in that stock? Macronutrients. Okay, so almost every food is going to give you a breakdown of your carbs, your fats, and your proteins. Okay. I don't want to go too much into this other than you'll just find it on the, on the label there. So you can kind of see what they are. Yep. And, th- and then usually under carbs and fats, it'll break it down more into what kinds, um, which here's the big one with, well, at least with the carbs. So under the carbs, it's going to say, you know, total sugars. Okay. Let's just say it says 12 grams. Okay. 12 grams of total sugars underneath that. It should say what, amount of those 12 grams are added meaning like they just added sugar it didn't naturally come from whether they got it from fruit or whatever and with this one it says 10 grams of added sugar so really there's only two grams of of uh, sugars that are naturally occurring 10 of the 10 of the 12 are added and we just talked about earlier you want to avoid the added sugars those are empty Mm -hmm. calories they have no nutrients you want to avoid those. So when you're looking at the total carbs, you really want zero added sugar. I mean, in an ideal world, you'd want zero added sugars. Yeah. And you also will see that in the ingredients list. If you see a food 
that has some sort of like a camel saying some sort of sugar listed, but it's not in the ingredient list. That's most likely means it's a natural sugar. Right. And then under the fats, you'll probably have like unsaturated, saturated, and trans. Mm -hmm. General rule, trans fat are horrible for you. Do not eat trans fat. Okay. So throw those out. Um, and now there's debate between saturated, unsaturated, blah, blah, blah. Um, just look at the total amount of fats. I'm not going to wait into that debate mm -hmm. here. But we know trans fats are bad. Avoid. Um, look at the fiber content. Um, a lot of the times they will include what the fiber is. And if you're having some gut problems, you want to make sure you get some fiber in your life. Animal we, can we, attest we to are need some fiber in our, in our lives. Um, <laughs> yeah, so fiber might be a good thing to look at for those of you that have some digestive stuff. Oh, another good one, sodium. It usually tells you how much sodium is in it. Um, so if you are somebody who's trying to avoid some sodium, mm -hmm. you might not want to eat a can that has 80% of your daily value of sodium in that one can. That means you're getting a butt ton of sodium in just that one little meal or snack. So you're going to definitely go over by the end of the day if you get something that has 80%, you know, like ramen noodles or something like that. <laughs> get all ramen. Um Oh, I guess this would be good. This should be a good point to say. All of these nutrition facts uh, underneath it is based off a two hundred or two thousand calorie diet. So it's not saying male or female. It's mm -hmm. not saying your age, age, anything like that. It's just mm -hmm. saying this is based off somebody who's eating two thousand calories. Um, I guess they did that because I guess maybe that's the average or whatever. Maybe it's easier. Maybe it's easy math. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But you might not. You might not fall into that. Mm -mm. You know, you might be eating way more than 2000 calories or you might be eating a little less than 2000 calories and all these percentage of daily values are too much for you or too little for you. So just understand that it's based off 2000 calories. You need to be able to calculate your own, what your baseline is uh, to know how many calories you need to maintain your weight. So that's a little tangent there, but, uh, but going off that the percent daily value, it's usually that little perf uh, percentage sign than DV. So understand that they might not be totally is 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 to get you in the ballpark. Yeah. Again, like if something's got eighty percent sodium for your daily value, it might not necess it might be only seventy percent for you, or it might be ninety percent for you, just to get you in the ballpark of how much you're consuming uh, of these specific, um, I guess, micro or macronutrients, so to speak, because it's on both. Yeah, I mean, even this label that I'm looking at says the daily value tells you how much a nutrient in a serving of food contribute, contributes to a daily diet. 2,000 calories a day is used for general nutrition advice. Gotcha. So there we go, guys. Yeah. I would just probably look at all the other fats and not be so concerned with the percentage, in my opinion. I would also, uh, on another tangent here, the daily recommended amount of protein for people is way low, especially if you're trying, if you're on your health and fitness journey, you're trying to build muscle and lose body fat. It might tell you like this thing has 10 grams of protein and that's 40% of your daily value. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. That is way. Don't, don't look at the protein one. Yeah. That, that is one, uh, that you should not. Yeah. Maybe not completely disregard the daily value, but just, it's just kind of there. It's just there. You use it may, maybe more for, those micronutrients, maybe mm -hmm. the vitamins, the fiber, the yeah. sodium, stuff like that. But definitely don't do it for protein. They weigh, they will definitely underserve you the amount of protein in, in terms of what you're supposed to get. We're trying to make some protein monsters over here. If I get the gains, <laughs> sir, gains. Okay. So if you keep looking down your little label there, you're going to come to the ingredient list. 
And the big thing you need to know about the ingredient list is whatever is first on there is the most abundant. Mm -hmm. and whatever is second on the list is the second most abundant and so on and so forth. So I think an easy one is like, I've seen a label one time where it, it was, it was talking about, um, I think it was like whey protein isolate. <laughs> yep. But it like the majority of it was, was like whey concentrate. The first or, one was like concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, so I'm getting let anyway. So some of that, you just have to read the back. It's marketing marketing. Mm -hmm. So just know, I don't know if another good example off the top of my head, but whatever's first is the most abundant. Whatever's last is the least abundant. Um, yeah, I guess essentially what we're trying to say is if you're trying to buy something for maybe protein or whatever it might be or something else, some other benefit and it's kind of last on the list or not at first, the first two, then maybe you're not getting exactly what you think you're buying. Exactly. Um, and I think Animal made a really good point earlier. And I'm not saying you shouldn't eat something if you don't know what that word is. But at the end of the day, like, why does it have so many ingredients in it? Mm -hmm. You know, why? you should ask yourself, why? Is it to make it taste better? Is it to preserve it? Is there is there something else going on that, um, you know, if you can't pronounce some of those things, like, look them up, first of all, because some of them might be safe. Yeah. And might just be so that, you know, it doesn't rot in the first two days or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. That, that was just like a general rule of thumb. Yeah. General rule. If it's really long and you probably can't pronounce it then maybe look into it right um some other things sometimes it'll have the amount of cholesterol on there again if you are somebody who's watching that uh it's usually in bold on the on the on the label oh and, and then there's the uh below it the may contain peanuts and blah blah blah, blah. oh so yeah be careful if you have any sort of intolerance to mm -hmm. peanut soy dairy whatever it might be and you need to be able to to quickly yeah. look through that list this should be towards the bottom i think is yeah it's said. towards the very bottom that if you have any sort of allergic reactions yeah i think too sometimes generally speaking companies may just put that on there if it's like in the same factory right where i mean maybe near some peanuts or something else where if it cross contaminated it could be in there and then they're just trying to cover their butts that's a good point um so we just talked about a whole lot and I hope, hopefully you had a label. You could kind of follow along with some of that, but the better, like I can look at one in the store just really quickly and, and see, but I just to kind of recap, this is what I and Annabelle and I look at when we grab something off the shelf. I first look at the serving size, how many things, how many servings are actually in this container or this box or this bag. Mm -hmm. uh, then I look at calories cause then I'll know exactly Oh shoot, this is not a good ratio. Mm -mm. You know, if, uh, like we already talked about. So just look at the calories next. What I look at then is the protein. Protein. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I hate when they tell you it has 18 grams of protein and then at the very very bottom it says per serving and then you look at the serving like this is not really 18, it's actually less than 18, but if you eat two servings then you get 18. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah, I've seen that too. So sometimes they, they try and you. they try and get you for people like Anibal and I who after the calories we look at the protein. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have any. Do you have any kind of recommendations for like what's the minimal amount of you protein you should eat with something? Mm, I just try to make sure it has the, the most amount of protein and the least amount of calories. Yeah, I mean, 
for me, you know, that's yeah. Again, if you're tracking and you have a bunch of extra calories at the end of the day, then this does not really apply. Yeah. But if you're, if you're kind of cutting right now and you don't have a lot of calories to play with and you want to eat something that has 500 calories with three grams of protein, you might need to make a better decision. It's almost like finances. It's how I kind of equate it. You know, you're managing your budget and you try to spend as best as possible on Mm -hmm. the things that's going to give you the most value. Exactly. So boom. Um, then after that is when I'll actually, then I'll look at kind of the, uh, the ingredient list and the nutrients is what I'll look at next. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, why does this list have so many ingredients on there? Is there some, is, can I buy this thing over here that has less, that has more protein that has, you know, so then that's when I start to look at that kind of stuff. Lastly, I'll look at like the, the percentage of daily values for sometimes the sodium or, um, the cholesterol, just stuff like that, where I'll say like, how much is this? Am I in the ballpark? And that's kind of what I look at very quickly when I'm at the grocery store. And especially when I'm buying something new, definitely when you buy something new after a while, you, you wouldn't even have to look at it. You just know, you just know, okay, that's probably, you already looked at it. It's Y and Z. So I know where it's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so call to action here, start reading food labels one week. When you go to the store, if you've never looked at a food label before, start reading them and seeing if that maybe you can pick something, a better option. Yes. Um, and I would maybe even say focus on the serving size. Fo- yeah. Fo- focus on one of those things. One of those things. But start to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you know what you, if you do look at uh, the labels, but maybe you weren't someone who looked at the protein. Maybe... <coughs> Maybe that's the thing you need to look at. Yes. Or maybe as Annabelle said, you didn't really look at the serving size. You just looked at the calories. Well, start to try to program yourself to look at the serving size first. Um, so that's kind of what we would like people to try work on because that's what we try and work on. Yeah. The protein one disappoints me. They get me so many times. I get so, You get so excited. Like, oh, wow, the serving. Wait a minute. Sometimes I'll even advertise on the front of the box. This has 15 grams of protein. You're yeah, like, oh, wow. Okay, let me, let me see. And then you get to the bag and you're like, 1,000 calories? <laughs> That's a horrible ratio. <laughs> yeah. But they get you. But they do. Do you have anything else, Doc? You know, that's all that I got for today. All right. You know, what we like telling you guys, remember, you are human. We should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. All right. All see right. You see guys. you guys.